0: You're tuned in To the thinking Ow. Loud Radio show Giving voice to issues that matter to you Featuring Author Speaker And minister Michael Nimens,
1: I'm just thankful for the opportunity again to come to you. In this manner, we've got a great show in store for you this week. I am <laughs> the host and your special guest this week. That's right, guys. So, Right out the gate, we're going to be talking about uh, the scandal, the sexual abuse scandal taking place uh, at U of M.
2: As more former University of Michigan players come forward to accuse the late Dr. Robert Anderson of sexual abuse... Well-
1: We're also going to be talking about uh, Juneteenth becoming an official federal holiday. That's right. Back here at home tonight and the landmark
3: moment in American history today, President Biden making Juneteenth a new federal holiday.
1: And then finally, we're going to be talking about life after COVID. The COVID-19
3: vaccine has opened the door to normalcy. But what will this new normal
4: look like?
0: It's time, 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 for thinking
1: loud radio show. This week's thought is entitled, Father Knows Best. It's amazing how little we know and how much we claim to know about our own lives. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmin. you're tuned in to a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Guys, I'm so, so excited that you've taken some time out of your day to spend another Tuesday with us right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your support of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, and everything that we have been doing uh and it's always good to uh, spend tuesdays with you each and every week and uh, i'm just thankful for the opportunity again to come to you in this manner we've got a great show in store for you this week i am <laughs> the hosts and your special guest this week. That's right, guys. So, uh buckle your seatbelts. We're going to be we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk about uh a few hot topics, uh some things that we want to uh share with you regarding uh some some you know, topics that are out there uh to discuss. Um and I uh, can't wait to jump into those uh, on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show right out the gate. We're going to be talking about uh, the scandal, the sexual abuse scandal taking place uh, at U of M. I'm not sure if many of you know about it. Not, not many news outlets are talking about it. Shouts out to 97.1 FM The Ticket, Mike Valeni uh, Rico Beard, and David Hall of 97.1 The Ticket that uh, are, have been talking about this uh, this scandal uh, and now some some news outlets are are talking about it but we're going to delve a bit in, more into it in the first segment of uh, this week's show and, uh, you know, share our thoughts about what's going on there as well as, you know, comparing it to uh, what took place at Michigan State University uh, just uh, about a year or so ago, looks like. So um, I'm going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about uh, Juneteenth becoming an official federal holiday. That's right, President Joe Biden signed into law, I believe it was the day before uh, the official holiday, Juneteenth, uh, June 19th, uh, this past Saturday, uh, is now an official federal holiday. And I want to talk about the implications of it and, you know, what should we expect as um, a black community is reparations next. We'll talk about that during this week's show as well. And then finally, we're going to be talking about life after COVID, which is what we called uh, this week's uh, show, "Life After COVID." Uh, talking about some, uh, you know, some things that are happening. Of course, June twenty second is uh, the day that the state of Michigan Governor Whitmore has lifted the restrictions uh, on, um, you know, social distancing, wearing masks, and all of those things. Uh, so, you know, now we feel. A bit liberated, we're able to, um, you know, walk around outside and even indoors in most places now without wearing a mask. So, I want to talk about life after COVID in uh, the last segment of this week's show. And of course, we've got a great thought of the week. Uh, shouts out to all the fathers on Father's Day. I hope you all had a great Father's Day idea as well uh and and if you're blessed to uh you know to, to to still have a father uh you know consider yourselves very blessed uh in that regard and I um you know in the spirit of Father's Day we have a special tribute to all fathers entitled Father Knows Best as this week's thought of the week and we'll be sharing it with you at the end of this week's show so guys we've got a great show in store for you. Again, I am the host and the special guest for this week. Uh, we don't do a lot of these shows, but I'm very happy that we're able to do uh, this one because, again, a lot of things on my mind I want to share and get your feedback and thoughts about it as well. Again, uh, you are not able, of course, to interact with us during this recording but of course, wherever this uh, wherever you're able to hear this podcast, feel free uh, to post a comment uh, on Facebook, on Twitter or Instagram, wherever you see these posts or even send us an email at contact at Again, follow us at TOL Radio Host MS in on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, you can uh, send us an email at contact at michaelnemis.com and very shortly, guys, we're going to be bringing back um, our Facebook group. Uh, We're calling it Thinking Out Loud Radio and TV Show. So guys, look out for that. It's coming real, real soon as well as an entirely revamped website. So guys, get ready for it. The new michaelnemis.com is coming at you real soon, so we are very, very excited about it. So, we've got a lot of great things coming down the pike. So, keep your eyes and ears open because we'll be making those announcements uh, on social media through Facebook and through Instagram and Twitter, and of course, through YouTube as well. And speaking of YouTube, we have a new video out. Uh, uh, taken from a recent interview uh, we did with uh, senior news director of the Detroit Free Press uh, James Hill who was our last guest on the Thinking Out Loud radio show and in this clip he's talking about uh, his uh, decorated career as a journalist and now senior news director for the Detroit Free Press so check out this recent clip uh, that we have posted on Thinking Out Loud TV go there right Right now, is www.youtube.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud TV. And when you watch, like the video and comment and definitely subscribe to Thinking Out Loud TV. That way you won't miss a minute of what we have coming uh, down the pike for uh, our YouTube channel. So guys, again, we are very excited that you've tuned in this week uh, to the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. Uh, and uh, again, we're going to be be uh, the host and the special guest on this week's edition of the show so when we come back we're jumping right into uh, the topic of this sexual abuse scandal taking place right in ann arbor at the university of michigan guys you don't want to go anywhere you're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online it's the thinking out loud radio show we'll be right back
5: Hello, my name is Maya Nemes, and I want you to listen to my dad, Michael Nemes, on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, every Tuesday at 8 p.m., available everywhere you listen to your podcast, and now available on the Detroit Praise Network website.
0: You better listen to that little girl, the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Emmy Award-winning journalist, Jimmy Hill. I have
5: to ask her. How is it that we're trying to allegedly reach racial harmony, but we want to have celebrations of racist things all the time? Again, we can't have unity unless we agree that something's bad. And we sound even more foolish by saying, oh, no, but we changed the meaning. Okay, they can say the same thing in Germany about a lot of things, but you don't see it because they knew in order for real healing to take place, they had to disavow all that stuff, which is why they paid reparations to the descendants of the Jews that were killed and harmed. That's why they did it. Apologies don't work unless you put some level of action behind it. Was my really long winded way of saying that when I think about the national anthem, it doesn't represent everybody. Mark Cuban knew it. He talked about it. That's why they stopped doing it. And you know what? They didn't do it for 13 games and no one noticed.
0: We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show.
6: I'm Brina Clark, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio and TV Podcast with Michael Nemens.
0: The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Get your copy now available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting MichaelNemans.com.
1: Like a victim when you are already victorious. You come in to the radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it. locked.
3: Our big story coverage of abuse and sexual assault surrounding the University of Michigan football program continues now at 6.
2: Today the son of legendary football coach Bo Schembechler and two of his former players described in detail how they were molested by Dr. Robert
0: Anderson and how Schembechler turned a blind eye when they
3: told him about it. Now this all unfolded at a news conference earlier today. Matt Schembechler along with two former Wolverine football players told a similar story about how they were molested through physical exams decades ago. They also talked about how Bo Schembecker, whose statue stands outside the university building that bears his name, refused to protect them and allow Henderson to continue with players and other patients for years.
2: 1390 Science Sports Reporter Michael Sett has the first.
4: With Bo Schembecker's reputation and possibly legacy already on the ropes, his son may have been the one who delivered the knockout blow. Bo's temper was a legendary, and he lost it. He screamed, I don't want to hear this. I'm not hearing this. I tried to tell him repeatedly, but my effort earned me a punch in the chest. The coach that Matt Schambeck described at a press conference Thursday was a sharp contrast to the one portrayed by current U of M leader Jim Harbaugh last week. He never sat on anything. He never procrastinated on anything. Uh, I mean, he took care of it before the sun went down. But Matt says that simply isn't true. In fact, upon telling his father he had been abused by former Wolverines team doctor Robert Anderson as a 10-year-old, Bo allegedly went over the head of former Michigan AD Don Canham to ensure Anderson remained employed. It is my understanding that Mr. Canham terminated Dr. Anderson shortly thereafter Bo Adam reinstated. Because he needed his team doctor and wanted to ensure Anderson remained part of the Michigan team. The 61-year-old Matt Schembechler says he was abused by Anderson once more when he was in high school. Later in college, while training with players from the Michigan football team, he learned of other cases of abuse. And he did not mince words in explaining why ultimately nothing was done. It's very clear that Bo and the university always put themselves before any student, athlete, or son just to support the brand. Matt Shambhalter says after all these years, there's a reason why he's coming forth now. First, he says for his own personal healing.
2: As more he former says, University of Michigan come players come forward to accuse the late Dr. Robert Anderson of sexual abuse, more than 100 former Michigan football players have signed their names to this letter in support of legendary coach Bo Schembechler, including former CEO of Ford, Jim Hackett, and former Detroit Lions president Jim LeJuan. More family members are speaking up as well. Jeff Schimbeckler penned this letter in honor of his dad for Father's Day. And I interviewed Glenn Shimmy Schimbeckler III today about the accusations, saying his dad knew about Anderson's abuse.
4: I've heard some comments that Bo regarded the brand more than he regarded his players. That couldn't be further from the truth. He loved his players first and foremost, and that, that's why he got into coaching in the beginning. You may remember the story of Mike Brown, who was, who was convicted for a life sentence for being a drug dealer. He was in jail for 10 years, and then Bo got him out.
2: See more of my interview with Shimmy Schimbeckler III on WXYZ.com.
1: We are back on the Life After COVID edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. And uh, as we said before uh, the break, uh, we're going to be talking about a number of different topics uh, during this week's edition of the podcast, uh, one of which is uh, the scandal brewing at the University of Michigan. That's right. We opened the show, uh, opened this segment, I should say, uh, with uh, audio clips from a news conference uh, that was taking place a few days ago, uh, held um, you know, with a, a few of um, former uh, football players from uh, the uh, University of Michigan, including Bo Shimbeckler's own adopted son, Matt Schembechler. Uh, who um, was there uh, talking about sexual abuse at the hands of Dr. Robert Anderson? And um, you know, this sexual abuse scandal is definitely one that is 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 very very sad uh, that this took place some 36 years ago uh, at the hands of this doctor. And, um, you know, so many uh, athletes were impacted by this and more are coming out. Uh, I believe there was a press conference with some 40 former football players and student athletes uh, uh, held a press conference uh, to talk about, uh, you know, what Dr. Anderson did to them. Uh, this is a very sensitive subject, uh, one that we definitely take very seriously, uh, you know, especially when it comes to sexual abuse. Because, uh, you know, this is th- there's no justification whatsoever uh, for someone to put their hands on you uh, inappropriately. Uh, and and particularly when it's a doctor, this individual is supposed to be a trusted uh, source and resource for the university. University, but he was, um, you know, sexually abusing these athletes uh, at his own pleasure, and uh, it's 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 just um, it's grotesque and it's uh, appalling that this took place. And so, the only question that's left uh, for people to ask at this point is, uh, or does, or I should say, um, did the iconic uh, coach? of the University of Michigan, Bo Schembechler, know uh, what this doctor, Robert Anderson, was doing. And according to the reports that have been uh, put out there by former players, including his own adopted son, Matt Shimbeckler and really it's not even, a, a, you know it's not even a matter whether he was adopted or not he was Bo Schembechler's son Matt Schembechler he says that he was molested by this doctor when he was 10 years old and he told Bo Schembechler about it and Bo did nothing in fact he got upset with the young man and punched him in the chest and so this is where we are and we had several other athletes who came out and said that they were Raped by this, uh, this doctor on several occasions and sent back to that same doctor by Bo Shimbekler for uh, supposed checkups and uh, physicals, where they were raped yet again by this same doctor. And uh, we talk about this because, uh, you know, those who know me know I am a Michigan State fan. Uh, I am a graduate of Michigan State University, a proud alumni of uh, of the of Michigan State. I bleed green and white. And, uh, you know, you all know the rivalry that we have with the University of Michigan. Uh, but we had our own uh, sexual, scan, sexual abuse scandal with Dr. Larry Nassar uh, and the Olympic athletes and student women's gymnastics uh, team and, and young women athletes at uh Uh, michigan state university uh and that was handled very poorly on our end as well so we are uh, very aware of uh you know these sexual abuse cases and the damage that it can be that can be done uh to uh these uh student athletes and the reason we bring this the bear is because it's not because of the rivalry, not because you know of my hatred for for University of Michigan, so to speak, but because of. You know how this particular scandal is being treated when you juxtapose it to uh, the treatment that the Michigan State scandal got. I mean, it was the Michigan State scandal was plastered all over the news. It was on ESPN. It was on CNN. You know, it was everywhere. Every time you turned on the television or the radio, everybody was talking about Dr. Larry Nassar and in some part in part it was because he was still alive he was still uh, someone that they could apprehend and he was someone that you could see as well as some of those victims were still uh, alive and uh, and they were uh, female gymnasts who were Olympians and uh, had a platform that they used uh, to bring this information to the forefront and so that was uh, in part, the re part of the reason why, you know, this scandal did get a lot of press. However, um, you know, in 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 contrast. Uh, to what's happening at the University of Michigan you know you have this iconic coach Bo Schembechler uh, who you know uh, was the coach of the Michigan Wolverines uh, from the 19 and in, in, in the, during the 1970s and 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 early uh, early 80s and uh, you know many football players from the University of Michigan, uh, revered and feared, this man—he's uh, looked at uh, widely respected and looked at as you know uh, the reason the University of Michigan is uh, is what it is and is you know, uh, you know constantly put out in the media as you know the best school in you know the state of Michigan, uh, you know, and 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 uh, always in the top ten. In, you know in preseason polls with football and and uh and whatnot but we all know the that uh you know this is this is really just window dressing because the school when you look at foot the football's record football team's record has been pretty lackluster you know and it was lackluster uh when Bo Schembeckler was the coach. I mean you know yeah they would have 10 win seasons but then they would go to the Rose Bowl to get blown out by somebody uh, by a team in the Pac-12 uh, or the SEC. So you know it was it was not that Michigan was winning national championships every year, but they had a air about them and an arrogance about them that that uh, you know that really put a lot of people uh, uh, put a lot of people uh, you know uh, uh, made a lot of people upset uh including myself because there's a there was there was a lot of um uh there there was there was you know uh, a lot of fanfare but no substance and, 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 and such is the case Even today Because we have The Michigan bias That's going on uh, In the media that we've seen uh, For years uh, Journalists uh, That uh, have graduated From the University of Michigan Or University of Michigan Slappies Whether they're Walmart Wolverines Or Woolworth Wolverines who stand up for the University of Michigan and write glowing Pieces of pieces and articles about the school, uh, regardless of what their record is or or what they're doing, and and try to paint them in a fantastic light, in spite of what's going on, which is the, in spite of the truth. Uh, and a perfect example of that is uh, Detroit Free Press's own Mitch Album, who uh, wrote a very interesting piece uh, recently uh, about this. Uh, what's happening in uh, in U of M called? Talk of Bowles Michigan football legacy overlooks the real villain, Robert Anderson, and I guess it's his way of refocusing the attention on the real culprit, which is in his mind Robert Anderson. But 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 we all know that Robert Anderson had to be able to uh, to to work uh, uninhibited. Because of someone else. There's no way that 800 cases of sexual abuse could go on at a university like U of M without somebody in authority. Knowing something about it, according to Matt Schembeckler in his press conference, when he went to his father Bo about being sexually assaulted, and his father brushed him off and punched him in the chest. He went to his mother at the time, and his mother went to the athletic director uh, uh, Cannon Canum uh, and um, and told him about it and. Uh, I believe his name is Don Canham, and Don Canham uh fired the uh uh Robert Anderson uh at the time, but Bo Shembeler turned around and went over his athletic director's head and rehired. Robert Anderson back to the football program, which is what uh, Matt Schembechler said in the uh, audio that we, um, we played in the opening part of this segment. But in this particular piece uh, that Matt, uh, that uh, Mitch album wrote here, just want to read a, a a paragraph or two from it uh, to kind of give you an idea of the the Michigan bias that is there uh, in this piece. Uh, he writes. Uh, the University of Michigan was the target of uh, their wrath, talking about the, uh, the the football players and their lawyers uh, in the press conference. Uh, their lawyers want the U of M Board of Regents to cooperate with state attorney general investigation into decades of abuse by Anderson and almost. Well, let me back up a little bit here in a news conference Wednesday morning, never quite seen before in Ann Arbor abuse survivor. Dozens of them stood in street clothes in the hot sunshine of a main street lawn, men, women, black, white, middle aged and older, all behind a podium that was set up just right with the huge M of the big house in the backdrop of every camera shot. University of Michigan was a target of their wrath. Their lawyers want the U of M Board of Regents to cooperate with the state attorney general investigation into decades of abuse by Anderson and most and almost more importantly, the coaches and administrators who they say never stopped him seeking justice and presumably a bigger than you can imagine settlement. Wednesday, as with a similar news conference last week, brought stories that that left you shivering or clenching your fists. The alleged acts are abusive and unforgivable. But here he writes, but let's be clear. All the torment, all the years of anguish, doubt, and guilt, all the tainted dreams behind the sad faces near that podium Wednesday morning lay first and guiltiest at the dirty hands of one man, Robert Anderson. He is both the reason and the insanity. Now, Mitch is right. Uh, Robert Anderson is uh, guiltiest and probably the most guiltiest in this, because it was his acts of sexual abuse that are the reasons these men are standing here uh, in this press conferences. In this, in these press conferences, bringing these stories to bear. But there are other men that are just as culpable as Robert Anderson, the enablers uh, as as both Beckler and Athletic Director Director Don. Canham, uh, who uh, is responsible for allowing this 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 uh, this doctor to continue wreaking havoc on the lives of these young men for 36 years as the team doctor, that is incredulous. It's incredible, and for him to just point the finger at Robert Anderson and say that he is the one that we should be the most uh, that our 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 um, attention should be the most focused on is uh irresponsible as a journalist um and let me say this i want to give a shout out to 971. The Ticket, 971 FM, The Ticket, Mike Villeney, Rico Beard, and uh, David Hull and the entire staff there at 971 FM, The Ticket. Uh, I listen to them all the time on sports, uh, sports radio. And um, and Mike Villaini, uh really uh, has been the, the host that has uh, really spent a lot of time uh, last week and the week before talking about this Brewing Michigan scam before any of uh, the mainstream reporters, uh, you know, have decided to pick up the story. It's still not being talked about on ESPN where, uh, you know, Michigan State was uh, the subject of most of their ire during Dr. Larry Nassar's a uh, very um, uh, uh, Public case that Came out you know so uh, I, I, Again I'm not Bringing this up because of the, the hatred that I have Just because of the hatred that I have For U of M primarily but because Of the Michigan Difference the Michigan bias That's there that uh, People will rather push this Under the rug and shove this under The rug uh, to keep Bo Beckler's name uh, alive and, and to keep his character pristine uh, in the eyes of the media and in the eyes of the country and the world um, in spite of the fact that this man had to know what was going on in his football program with this deceitful doctor Dr. Robert Anderson there's no way that over some 800 cases of sexual abuse could have happened and Bo Shem Schembechler- did did not know anything that's incredible i cannot i refuse to believe that and if you do then you are part of the problem you know I, i i cannot believe you would think that this man uh could do this and nobody in administration nobody in the football program knew anything about it and so um I, I am just. I wanted to talk about this because, again, this Michigan bias has, I think, gotten out of hand because now it is spilled over into the personal lives of these football players. And instead of addressing the the problem of sexual abuse, and instead of apologizing to these young men for the abuse that they experienced over the thirty something years that they were football players. At at the University of Michigan, they would much rather—they uh, they would much rather um, you know protect the name of their beloved coach and the Block M uh and put that above the players which help build the program into what it is today i, I I'm, I'm really uh I'm really shocked by this I, I hope you are as well because I think especially when it comes to sexual abuse that uh, these cases are very much more important than the institutions that we try to protect and 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 erect and and to keep uh uh, in, in public view. You know, we've had examples of this in college football uh, with Penn State, for example. Uh, you know, the, the beloved coach Joe Paterno, uh, who uh, was, when, when it was revealed that that he knew that one of his assistant coaches was molesting his football players, uh, I think within a matter of a week or so after that came out, his statue came down and it came down on national television and not too long after that Bo Schembechler uh, not Bo Beckler, but but Joe Paterno passed away as well uh, but his own son was uh, a victim of sexual abuse as well at the hands of one of their assistant coaches and so you know, something has to be done. You know, of course, these, this matter is being taken up in court. There's a massive lawsuit that's been levied against the University of Michigan. I'm sure these men are going to be looking to get uh, some kind of restitution, uh, financial restitution from the university regarding this. Uh, but there also needs to, be some, needs to be some other things done as well. Mike Valini was saying that, that Bo Schoenberg Statue needs to come down, and the Boshin Beckler Athletic Building needs to be renamed as well. Uh, the, the university needs to uh, try to uh, help these football players move on from this dark times, this dark period in this university's history. And one way of doing that is to remove some of these, uh, 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 some of these, 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 uh, these, you know, remove the statue and remove the name and, and, and some of the namings of, you know, that, that, that care that, 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 uh, this, this, this coach uh, has had on the university so that the university can show these young men or these these, these these football players or former football players that they empathize with their plight and that they recognize the wrong that has been done done to them. And this is our way of trying to right the wrongs that have been done in their lives, I want to know what your thoughts are about this story. Again, more football players are coming out and uh, and and really speaking out about their their sexual abuse and uh, what has happened. And I'll say this, and then we'll go right to our next break. But um, I believe that uh, you know what's the, the I think the um, what's really going to cause this scandal to just erupt. I think if a high-profile former Michigan player comes out, someone like a Desmond Howard or Charles Woodson or, you know, uh, some other high-profile former Michigan player comes out and says that they were abused by Dr. Robert Anderson that uh, you know you're going to, you you will you will start to see that tide change, and the university will have to respond because at this point the university has not really made any statements. Again, this is still being mitigated in court, still being I'm seeing litigated in court. Uh, these men uh, and more cases are coming out, uh, you know, by the day. Uh, Regarding this, and so I think, uh, you know, it won't really. You, know, the, you won't really see the bottom fall out of everything until uh, a high-profile Michigan athlete comes out and says that they were molested by Dr. Robert Anderson. But I want to know what your thoughts are about this. Uh, do you think that there is a Michigan bias? Do you think that um, you know Michigan is being treated with kid gloves as opposed to how Michigan State was treated with the Dr. Larry Nassar uh, sexual abuse case? uh fairly or unfairly uh well not fairly or unfairly but but um you know should they should Michigan be treated the same way and get the same kind of attention that uh Michigan state got doctor, with the Dr. Larry Nassar case uh is there a Michigan bias do you think that Bo Schembechler statue should come down and the building the athletic building be be renamed uh as a result of this what do you think Michigan's response should be uh, to these 800 sexual abuse Allegations that have been Levied against this former doctor uh, Robert Anderson I would love to know what your thoughts are about That Uh, be sure to send Them and follow us again at TOL radio host MSN on Instagram and Twitter or leave us an email At contact at Michael we would love to hear From guys we're getting ready to take our Next break when we come back we're getting ready to Talk Juneteenth Becoming a national federal holiday You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We'll be right back.
2: You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor
6: Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial.
1: Hi, this is Martin Luther King III, and you're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio host Michael Lemons.
0: The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. global advocate, Martin Luther King the Third.
1: So I, I think the future is is the, the best probably is yet to come, particularly coming out of this phase right now, coming out of you know, the last four years of being dark and desolate. I mean the last four years theoretically could cause of have caused people to have lost faith, particularly if, if Trump had won. I think our, we wouldn't have a democracy if this man had been reelected. We bring you the best minds who deliver
0: their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show.
6: Congratulations.
0: giving voice to issues that matter to you. The people have spoken. From Minneapolis, Minnesota, to London, England An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial, it's
3: the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Back here at home tonight, and the landmark moment in American history today. President Biden making Juneteenth a new federal holiday, marking the day the last African American slaves were freed in Texas following the Civil War. And there was a moment today, the president kneeling before 94 year old Opal Lee from Texas, who worked so hard to see this day. Here's ABC Senior National Correspondent Steve Osonsami tonight. With the stroke of his pen today, President Biden signed into law a federal holiday for an event that many Americans had never even heard of until a few years ago.
4: This is a day of profound, in my view, profound weight and profound power.
3: Freedom Day for American slaves, Juneteenth. And it was almost 156 years ago to the day when federal troops moved into Galveston, Texas, setting free the last remaining slaves in America who had no idea that they had been freed years before.
6: We are gathered here in a house built by enslaved people. We are footsteps away from where President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation.
3: The first black vice president was holding the hand of the 94-year-old black woman who helped make this happen, Miss Opal Lee. President Biden thanked her today. She's marched for years trying to make Juneteenth a holiday.
5: I'm really a little old lady in tennis shoes getting in everybody else's business.
3: There are many who feel it's no accident that this is happening after the street protests following the murder of George Floyd and the growing conversations over race in this country. And the president today is saying there is still work to do.
7: We see this assault from restrictive
4: laws, threats of intimidation, voter purges, and more. An assault that offends the very democracy, our very democracy.
3: Across this nation, 16 states have recently passed new voting laws that many feel are meant to suppress the black vote. Nearly 400 similar laws have been introduced in state houses nationwide. Even lawmakers who fought against legislation focused on racial equality came out in support of this holiday. This year, Juneteenth falls on a Saturday, but the federal government says that it is set to recognize this holiday for most federal workers tomorrow. David. Historic day.
1: We are back on the Life after CoVID edition of the Thinking Out Loud Radio and TV show, and of course, I am your host, Michael Nimmons, and um, we talked in the first segment about the brewing scandal uh, of sexual abuse that had taken place at the uh, University of Michigan uh, inflicted upon uh, hundreds of student athletes, uh, somewhere around 800 or so at the hands of Dr. Robert Anderson. Uh, and uh, we talked in this last segment about uh, this storied football program and this story coach Bo Schembechler and whether he knew uh, what was going on there or not, And uh, we shared our thoughts about that uh, in the last segment. And, um, of course, we believe that uh, Bo Beckler did know. I mean, there was 800 uh, student athletes in uh, seen somewhere around there, even more than that, uh, that are coming out saying that uh, Bo Beckler did know he was approached by them regarding what Dr. Anderson did to them. And uh, he did nothing about it and it was uh, covered up And here we are uh, And this scandal is now Coming out And I, um, I want to Definitely uh, Give a shout out to 97.1, 97.1 The Ticket FM The Ticket um, Michael Valenti And uh, Rico Beard And um, uh David Hull and the entire staff there that are talking about what's been happening uh, at the University of Michigan and sharing their thoughts about it and what needs to happen uh, to, to, to reconcile uh, the abuse that took place those 36 years that uh, dr. Anderson was employed by the University of Michigan uh, but we're going to be talking and transitioning into what um, a more positive uh, segment uh, in this um, edition or this segment of uh, the show this week, talking about uh, the official Juneteenth holiday, federal holiday. Uh, That is correct. Juneteenth is now a federal holiday. We opened this segment with some audio from uh, uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden signing officially into law a bill, uh, that uh, acknowledges and recognizes uh, Juneteenth as uh, an official uh, national holiday, calling it the National Independence Day, June 19th. And uh, it has been a long time coming. As you heard in uh, the opening of this segment, uh, there are individuals who we need to give credit to. I believe her name is Opa opal lee opal lee who um has fought tirelessly for years to get this holiday uh, on the federal books and um president joe biden was the president uh, that got it done and uh, we are very happy that um this is now law and this is now federal legislation that has been passed in both the House and the Senate and signed into law by President Joseph Biden. Um, The ceremony in which this took place was a day before uh, Juneteenth uh, this past week. And I hope many of you took time to celebrate and recognize and acknowledge uh, this day as um, the day that uh, we all as slaves were uh, emancipated. Um, it's a historic day and one that uh, we should definitely uh, take time to commemorate and celebrate as well. We thought we would take some time during this week's show to talk about the significance of Juneteenth. And for a long time, this was a holiday that was celebrated, I believe, only in the state of Texas officially. But everywhere else, it was just something that black people uh, just acknowledged and commemorated uh, on their own without any national attention drawn to it. Uh, But thankfully, uh, in this year, 2021, Uh, This holiday is now a national holiday and one that uh, we can uh, celebrate as a community. And it raises a number of questions regarding uh, whether, you know, President Joe Biden is going to be that president that uh, black America uh, needs at this point uh, to pass. Laws that will benefit the black community. Of course, it raises a number of questions regarding whether President Joe Biden is going to uh, be the president that will fulfill uh, some of his campaign promises. Uh, You know, he definitely um, credits uh, black people for his election, uh, becoming the 46th president of the United States. Uh, this past November, uh, that is a fact that is not lost with uh, President uh, Biden. Uh, we definitely he has definitely acknowledged that I'm, I'm, uh, in, in a number of different ways, one of which is selecting, uh, you know, as a running mate, uh, Kamala Harris. And now who is now the vice president of the United States and the first woman and first African-American and Asian Pacific woman to hold this office. And I think that was definitely a great gesture and step in the right direction. Uh, But, you know, where else can uh, what else can be done in your mind uh, to, to 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 satisfy uh, some of the needs that uh, the black community is faced with. What do you think that president Biden needs to do uh, to make good on uh, the promises that he has made to the black community? And, you know, I can think of a few things, one of which is the passage of the George Floyd justice and policing act. And it's something that uh, I believe is still sitting on the Senate floor uh, that is being held up by a filibuster uh, someone needs to step in there and uh, uh, really uh, take the helm with this bill uh, so that it can be passed um, we talked in um, a couple shows ago about reparations uh, with a uh, pastor and author who believe that uh, we are closer than we've ever been when it comes to uh, the passage of reparations, and uh, I remember kind of being sort of the devil's advocate in that in that show, talking to uh, both this pastor and lawyer, uh, who uh, agreed that uh, we were very much close to um, some type of substantive reparations bill that uh will um uh you know compensate African Americans for being enslaved for over 400 years in this country that still remains to be seen uh but uh I just want to know from you you know do you think that President Biden is going to be the one that will sign uh a bill like that um you know I have my My doubts, but um, I don't know, maybe, you know, this Juneteenth federal holiday is a step, another step in the right direction for President Joe Biden uh i do believe that uh you know his intentions are genuine and sincere i don't believe that uh he is using the black community at least it doesn't seem to me that he that he is uh as a um you know political um uh, ploy or political pawn or pawn uh, uh you know to kind of uh manipulate and to uh maneuver uh, in this political landscape uh, to try to gain uh, some approval points f- with our community uh, but I believe that he is genuinely trying to uh, repair some of the damage that has been done by white America uh, to uh, the black, uh, to black Americans uh, here in this country and the passage and signage of this Juneteenth uh, holiday legislation, again, I believe is a step in the right direction. But I also believe that there's more that can be done. Again, the passage of this George Floyd Justice and Policing Act is definitely one uh, that uh, needs to happen. Uh, there also needs to be, uh, you know, passage of uh uh, criminal justice reform legislation. You know, the, there, that, that needs to be packaged with this justice and policing act, because uh, we all know that the criminal justice system is diametrically opposed to uh, African-Americans, particularly African-American males. And so there's something that needs to be done uh, in that regard. And, and, and so, President Biden still has some work uh, that needs to be done with that. Um, You know, there's also work that needs to be done to repair the, the wealth gap between black Americans and white Americans, Uh, the economic wealth gap and the education gap and the healthcare gap. There's a lot of things that, that, that still needs to be done. But uh, I, I believe that, 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 President Biden uh, is genuinely uh, interested in the plight of black America. I'd like to know what your thoughts... I want to share with you uh, a brief excerpt from an interview that uh, former President Obama recently did with uh, former professional football player Michael Strahan, who now is a host on Good Morning America, Uh, and uh, he recently interviewed President Obama uh, kind of commemorating and acknowledging the federal holiday, Juneteenth, uh, the passage of this this legislation, again, by President Joe Biden. Uh, This interview took place on ABC on this past Friday, June 18th at 9 p.m. I want to share with you a, a clip from this interview where President Obama is addressing the significance of Juneteenth. Take a listen.
8: President Obama, happy Juneteenth. It is good
7: to see you. Happy Juneteenth to you.
8: Thank you. I I remember being in school, Mm -hmm. and they had all the presidents, and they had every president up there. You would look at that list, and you would say, I want to be president, but I don't think you could believe it. Now, when they look at that, your face is up there. Right. And a lot of people will look and say, it signifies, since
7: you've been elected president, that that we've moved on from the issue of race. What do you say to that? Well, I think that's never been the case, that by virtue of my election, somehow we entered into a post-racial world. It wasn't something I believed uh, at the time, and I certainly don't believe it now. The fact is, is that a lot of barriers still exist for a whole lot of folks. Yeah. When you look at that list of presidents, we still haven't seen a woman. And the notion that women uh, somehow are not qualified (laughs) to... The fact is, at least in my household, the women are smarter, more insightful, more caring, better looking, (laughs) more talented, funnier. We live in the same household. That's 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 my point. So so something's happening in our society that prevents them from ascending to the highest office in the land. The same is true for African-Americans. The same is true for Latinos and uh, the first Americans, Native Americans. The odds are stacked in ways that uh, prevent a lot of young people uh, from realizing their potential. And we can do something about it. In
8: the Promised Land, you talk about hope. The country is built on hope. Pioneers, abolitionists, civil rights workers. You ran on hope.
7: We are choosing hope over fear and sending a powerful message that change is coming to America.
8: We're now in 2021, and we have the pandemic, the insurrection, um, racial reckoning. A lot of people feel like they've lost hope. Mm-hmm. How, how can people get that hope back?
7: You get hope back from, for me at least, taking the long view and recognizing that resilience, uh, determination, the ability to deal with setbacks and disappointments and keep going, uh, yeah, that those are qualities that um, can carry us forward. And, and no one has exhibited that more historically in this country than uh, African Americans. The March on Washington happened during my lifetime. That's not ancient history. Mm-hmm. In big parts of the country, segregation was still operative when I was alive. <laughs> what seems like stuff we now take for granted, that's just a generation old.
8: There are so many people out there who idea the American dream, they can't, can't visualize, they can't see it anymore. So. What is it going to take for people to be able to realize and envision the American dream again?
7: Well, uh, look, historically, the American dream has been uh, a reality for some and a myth for others. We're in a community, Anacostia, in Washington, D.C., that's representative of a lot of communities around the country where the kids who grow up here may formally be free, but... Structurally, because of poverty, because of schools that aren't working, because of substandard housing, it requires so much more effort for them to live out that American dream. And So, our job is to make sure that it's not a myth.
1: And so you see that, um, yes, we have come a long ways. But I think we have uh, a long ways to go. Yes, we have uh, had in our lifetime the first black president of the United States. Uh, we have now uh, a sitting vice president of the United States that is a woman. And the first uh, ever a black woman, an Asian Pacific woman in Kamala Harris as the vice president of the United States. So, yes, we have come a long way as a country and as a people but I definitely think we have a long way to go as well but we are uh, inching much much closer to where we need to be and uh, you know the the signing of this national legislation again I believe was a step in the right direction but I want to know from you what's next Uh, you know do you think reparations is next we love To get your thoughts and feedback about that, remember, you can follow us on on Twitter and Instagram at TOR Radio Host MSN or drop us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com. Guys, we would love to know what your thoughts are about Juneteenth and is reparations next? I'd love to get your thoughts and feedback about that. Guys, we're getting ready to take our next break of the night. When we come back, we're going to jump into life after COVID. We're going to talk more about that and what that looks like for all of us. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back.
0: Dr. Panil Joseph. You don't have to be Team Malcolm
9: or Team Martin. I think you should be both. You know, so I think the black community needs both. I think that King is much more revolutionary and radical than the public perceives him to be, and I think Malcolm is is a much more um, brilliant and 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 um, courageous individual who can be radically pragmatic and revolutionarily pragmatic to save Black lives while trying to defeat white supremacy and people give him credit for. So um, that's why I try to show Malcolm is absolutely this pro- prosecuting attorney, but he's also a Black America statesman too. He's going to the Middle East, he's going to Africa, um, he's schooling the young Cassius Clay before he's Muhammad Ali on what Africa means, you know, what his identity means. So. I think I put them together because I thought there was much more convergence than divergence. And I think when you frame them the other way, you hurt um, understanding of the movement.
0: We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show.
6: Vision is
1: The COVID-19 vaccine has opened the door
3: to normalcy, but what will this new normal look like? We asked you Chicago experts how the vaccine will impact our cities, from our healthcare systems and businesses to our educational and cultural institutions.
2: So the vaccine is a complex gift. It both gives you a sense that you are protected, but it ought not give you a sense that you're free to do anything you want. The fact that you have the vaccine means that you've accepted the gift and the gift comes with some strings attached. It's a privilege to live in a city, but it's a kind of privilege that carries with it a deep responsibility, uh, a duty that's incumbent on each of us to make the city safe. The nature of this pandemic is such that your personal choice affects the public realm. So when you say, I'm not going to get a vaccine, but I want the right to continue to work, I want the right to get on an airplane, the right to go hear the opera, what you're doing is you're imposing that choice on me and on anyone in the community who might be more vulnerable.
3: Even if people get vaccinated, there's an issue of whether or not it's safe to go back to work. Are the other people at work that you're dealing with vaccinated? Do they feel comfortable that you're vaccinated that they'll interact with you? What vaccine passports can do is eliminate that uncertainty and give people the confidence to engage in activity as they get vaccinated. That is to say, keeping activity rising in proportion to vaccination rates. In urban areas where a lot of the economic activity hinges on people interacting with each other, and where population density really increases the risk of infection, I think immunity passports may play a more important role in encouraging people, as the vaccination campaign continues, of encouraging people to actually engage in economic activity.
5: Civic leaders need to use their privilege to advocate for communities that are have been marginalized and have suffered the disparities that we've seen unveiled through this COVID-19 vaccine. The public health system has to be set up in such a way that every citizen in every urban area, in every state, is a part of how care gets delivered within our cities and states, and not with the system of separatism and fragmentation and and two systems of health care health care for the poor and health care for the influent. We can't operate a public health system that way.
2: The use of spatial data can bring great insight into public health efforts and to deployment of the vaccine in particular. We know for instance that low-income communities are at much greater risk, both for coming down with COVID-19 and for dying from COVID-19. If we can use the data, for instance from the census, where we know if buildings are multi-dwelling, we know the density of a particular neighborhood. Do they need to use public transit to get to work? All of that information can be brought to bear on characterizing the risk of a community and in understanding how we meet that risk in terms of our public health efforts.
5: Education is not one size fits all and we had an opportunity to think about how to support students who have a variety of of needs, both um, academically, but also socially. And we were striving to meet those individual needs during the midst of this pandemic. I don't want us to lose sight of that once we return to the schoolhouse. The future of urban education needs to be centered on individualizing education as much as possible for our students through a variety of modalities and ensuring that we can meet students and families wherever they are.
3: Right now in the performing arts, about 70% of our employees aren't working. As we think about our world after the vaccine, we're thinking really, really carefully about the smartest, most impactful decisions that we can make to further our missions. Arts organizations will not come back with the same speed that they had before. So I think the artistic decisions that people make will think a lot more about the impact of that work on our audiences. And I think we'll think a lot less about entertainment
1: back on the Life After COVID Edition of the Thinking Out Loud Radio and TV Show, and I'm your host uh, Michael Neiman. So happy that again you've tuned in to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud Radio and TV Show, and uh, we've been talking about a number of different topics. Uh, one of them, which one of them, being the uh, scandal brewing at the University of Michigan, over 800 cases of sexual abuse at the hands of former uh, Doctor Robert Anderson, who is deceased uh, and questions about whether uh, iconic uh, uh, coach Bo Schembechler knew what was going on. It's very hard to believe that he did not know that 800 and so young men uh, or 800 cases of sexual abuse had taken place at the hands of uh, Dr. Robert Anderson. And so we talked about it and shared our thoughts in the first segment of the show. Uh, and then in the last segment, we talked about the passage and signage of the federal legislation for and commemorating uh, Juneteenth as National Independence Day. National Independence Day. And I think it's a step in the right direction. Uh, President Joe Biden, I believe, um, genuinely uh, is, uh, cares and uh, is interested in uh, the plight of black America and is trying to do what he can to repair uh, some of the wrongs that have been done or right. Some of the wrongs that have been done to us as a people right here in this country. And, uh, I think again, it's a step in the right direction, but we certainly have, uh, more to do and more to accomplish. And, uh, I, 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 I guess, you know, I'm, 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 I'm being cautiously optimistic that he is the president that will get it done. In this segment, um, we're talking life after COVID. We open uh, with a couple of audio clips uh, talking about um, life after COVID nineteen, not just here in this country, but also right here in the state. Of Michigan, in just a few days. In fact, today, actually, um, Governor Gretchen Whitmore has officially lifted uh, the restrictions off of uh, pretty much the entire state. Uh, the masking restrictions have been lifted, um, according to according to Click on Detroit. Uh, Governor Whitmore is lifting all of his COVID restrictions for capacity, masks, and gatherings uh, starting today, June the 22nd. Both indoor and outdoor settings in Michigan will increase to 100% capacity, and face masks will no longer be required. Individual businesses will still be allowed to require masks. Michigan was originally supposed to fully reopen July 1st with more than 9 million vaccines administered and COVID COVID cases plummeting. That timeline has been accelerated. She says today is a day that we have all been looking forward to as we can safely get back to normal day-to-day activities and put this pandemic behind us. Uh, Michigan COVID case rates, percent positivity and hospitalizations have all plummeted over the past several weeks. Michigan is currently at 24.3 cases per million with 1.9% positivity rate over the last seven days, um, the uh, director of the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services says this is great news and a day all of us have been looking forward to for more than a year. And I can say, as someone who has been fully vaccinated, uh, that I am pleased to um, to see uh, the, the the hopefully the light at the end of the tunnel. Of course, I know there are people who still have doubts about. Uh, lifting the restrictions and what the CDC might be saying about um, this COVID-19 vaccination and uh, the, the entire pandemic kind of coming to an end. Uh, but uh, I, as I said in, on last week, one of the reasons why, that uh, I went ahead and got fully vaccinated was because, um, you know, it seemed to me that the CDC incentivized being vaccinated by saying that if you are, you can retire the mask, that you can return to some semblance of normalcy. uh, Because for me, The reason it took me this long to make the decision to get vaccinated was because of, uh, you know, the thought was, if I got vaccinated, I still was going to have to wear the mask. And to me, there was no real incentive to get vaccinated if I still had to wear the face mask, but now that I can, and I'm able to take the face mask off, I can still socially distance in in, in areas that where I feel that there might be more people uh, that I'm around that you know may or may not be vaccinated. I'm able to make that decision on my own whether to wear a mask or not, and I appreciate that. Uh, but to me, the the governor and the CDC uh, have incentivized getting vaccinated by saying that if you do and are fully vaccinated, you are able to take the mask off. Again, it does not prevent you from contracting the COVID-19 virus once you've been vaccinated, but it does uh, decrease the rate of uh, mortality Uh, significantly if you are vaccinated, uh, becoming violently ill or or or, uh, fatally ill to that to that degree, if you have been vaccinated. And so uh, I'm encouraging, you know, those that are listening and still have reservations about getting vaccinated, to take it from somebody who had reservations early on about the vaccine, I am vaccinated, and I said on the last uh, week's show that I'm sure there. I'm a. I've, I've encountered several individuals who were like me that said they weren't going to get vaccinated, but. Uh, over time have since changed their mind uh, because friends, coworkers and loved ones have uh, either become uh, extremely ill because of COVID-19 or they have fatally uh, become ill and have passed away because of the COVID-19 virus. So uh, I'm encouraging you. To go ahead and get vaccinated again. This is coming from someone who said that they would not get vaccinated. Um, but I wanted to take the time today to kind de- of kind of talk a little bit about what life is going to be like post COVID nineteen, uh, and you know in this this post COVID nineteen era, if in fact we are you know, if this pandemic is behind us. Now, again, you know, there are some that will say that we're not, that it is not behind us and are treating it as such. And, 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 and I, um, uh, you know, I, I understand the cautiousness because uh, there have been several hundred thousand people that have died because of this virus and millions of people have been impacted and infected by this deadly Virus, So um, believe me, I'm not trying to minimize anyone's opinions of this pandemic uh, by saying that, uh, you know, you, you know, you can take the mask off once you've been vaccinated or whatnot or whether you want to continue wearing it. It is a choice that only you can make. And I'm glad that we're at a point now where we can make uh, that choice ourselves. According to Click on Detroit, here are some other orders that are being rescinded as of today, June 22nd, in addition to the gatherings and the mask order, temporary restrictions for entry into congregate care and uh, juvenile justice facilities, mandatory testing for uh, MDHSS juvenile justice facility staff, mandatory testing for MDHHS hospitals and center staff, exceptions to temporary restrictions on entry into congregate care and juvenile justice facilities exceptions to temporary restrictions on entry into certain facilities safe housing for housing unstable individuals handling of bodily remains safe housing for michigan homeless these are just some of the orders that are being rescinded as of today june the 22nd and um you know it, what 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 this does show is the impact of uh this deadly virus how it has affected and infected Every facet of our society and our well-being this year uh, and a half or so that we have been sort of under quarantine and and, and socially distanced from one another. Uh, you know, it has been a really uh, tumultuous time for uh, not only the state of Michigan, but for the entire country and, dare I say, the entire world. Uh, And so when we're talking about life after COVID-19, we're really talking about, you know, what is life going to be like? What is it going to look like? You know, we talked, uh, you know, we've heard uh, phrases like the new normal uh, and the new normal being, you know, we'll be wearing masks forever. Uh, You know, that we won't ever have the opportunity to take the mask off. We've seen now... Uh, where that is is changing somewhat, um, and but but I also believe though that there are some things that have taken place over this past year and a half that may continue uh, as a result of the COVID nineteen pandemic. When you talk about uh, the advancements in technology and the use of technology during this pandemic you know with zoom meetings and with virtual learning and uh, Microsoft teams and and video conferencing and the, the different technologies that are being used and and have been used to conduct meetings and uh, where children are being educated and and and, uh, and things are still being done interviews Taking place, you know, uh, in the midst of this pandemic, while we're socially distanced and 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 whatnot, I think these things will still continue you know maybe even indefinitely who knows um but uh, i i just believe because uh you know there is still some reservations about returning to normal uh so to speak uh that you know some of these um uh, technological, um, you know, uses of Zoom and Microsoft Teams and virtual learning and virtual meetings will continue uh, in the future. And working remotely is another one that I think will continue because businesses and employers have discovered that, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, overhead can be reduced significantly if, you know, the employees are working from home. Uh, there's an employer that I know that uh, has completely shut down or completely, um, Changed their entire work environment where they are working 100% remotely and so much so to the building they used to work in is now being contracted out to another business altogether. So all of their employees are working 100% remotely. This happening only because of the COVID-19 Pandemic, so in some respects, we have COVID nineteen to thank for employers coming to the realization that working remotely is a positive thing. Where there was a stigma that working remotely was something that was frowned upon, or that work that that employees would not do work or be as productive at as at home as they would be in the office. Uh, Although studies have shown that the exact opposite is true, that workers are more productive at home than they are in the workplace. Go figure. (laughs) So here it took a COVID-19 pandemic for us to realize or come to the realization that productivity is better at home than it is in the workplace. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, you know, employees would much rather work from home, uh, you know, and, and 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 be at home and still be pre- pre- still be productive working from home. And they can be. Uh, and you've discovered that uh, in this COVID-19 pandemic. So there are some things I think that are going to continue uh, in this quote unquote new normal, uh, in this post pandemic, uh, era that we're in, of course, there's some, some that say we're not necessarily there yet. You know, we might be a bit, we might be moving a little too fast coming to that, uh, that conclusion or, uh, declaring victory, so to speak, with this COVID 19 pandemic and lifting the restrictions. But, um, You know, I I, I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that and get your thoughts and feedback about that as well, because whether you like it or not, this is where we are. You know, um, today is the day in Michigan where the restrictions have been lifted. And masks are no longer required. Of course, businesses are still free to require masks to be worn. Uh, you know, uh, and it's up to them to make that to, to make that decision. I know personally, you know, I felt a little. Um, uh, awkward at first walking into Walmart for example and not having to wear a mask uh, almost felt naked so to speak <laughs> uh, but uh, you know I have to admit it was liberating being able to take the mask off and this again coming from somebody who didn't want to wear the mask and didn't want to get vaccinated but here we are <laughs> here we are and, uh, and so Uh, I think it's a good thing that we've made some progress. Uh, Again, though, uh, the sad part about it is so many lives have been lost. So many lives have been impacted by this deadly virus. Uh, Yes, we've come a long ways, but um, it's been at the unfortunate expense of lives that have been lost. And again, I think that a lot of blood is on the hands of former President Donald Trump for his lackluster way of handling this pandemic uh, when he was president of the United States. No question about it. He has a lot of blood on his hands uh, because of how he handled uh, this pandemic. Uh, He is to blame for much of what uh, has happened. And, uh, you know, Joe Biden coming into this, You know, really had to roll up his sleeves along with many, many people within his administration uh, to kind of dig this country out of the hole that was that it was in or the the um, the the mess that it was in by former President Donald Trump. Uh, But, uh, you know, we are starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel and things are starting to turn around for the good and you know on a lighter note when you look at Sports now watching the NBA playoffs, for example, and seeing fans in the stands now, and they're cheering, and and, you know it's not piped in noise. Uh, You know it was kind of awkward watching the playoffs uh, in the bubble uh, last uh, last summer. You know in Florida where the Lakers won the the NBA championship, but fans were not allowed in the stands, and you know it was piped. Noise, crowd noise, and you know all of those things really was was, was was awkward. I know you know you felt the same way and watching the football games and in both college and the pros, and seeing that you know crowd noise being piped in and and the. Um, the, 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 the different camera shots to kind of hide the fact that there were no crowds in the stands or people in the stands, you know, it was it was something to get used to. And so uh, it is really refreshing now to see fans back in the stands, of course. Uh, and you're not hearing uh, about individuals getting COVID uh, anymore because of the crowds. I'm not sure if it's not no longer being reported in the media as much as it was, uh, you know, the COVID spreader kind of events. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think what is attributed to that though is the rise in the COVID 19 vaccinations. People are getting vaccinated. And again, we're encouraging you if you're listening to the show on today. Uh, To get vaccinated because uh, we're in this thing together and we can we can definitely uh, fight this thing together uh, better when we are on the on the same page. And so uh, that is what that is my message to you. And again, I'm hoping those are listening and haven't been vaccinated and have reservations about it. will decide uh, to do the right thing and get vaccinated. Well, guys, uh, we're going to take our last break of uh, of the show, and when we come back, we're getting right into our thought of the week. Father Knows Best. That's right, guys, a tribute to all the fathers on Father's Day. Father Knows Best is the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We'll be right back.
6: You're listening to The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Hi everyone, this is Jazz Saxophonist Jasmine Jen, and you're listening to The Thinking Out Loud radio show with your host, Michael Nimitz.
0: The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Get your copy now available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting MichaelNemons.com. Like
1: a victim when you are already victorious. Good friend of ours, iconic, legendary radio host right here in Detroit, John Mason. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you, Pastor Michael, man. <laughs>
0: Out of a cloud, and always listen to Thinking It Out Loud. It'll change your life. It'll do it. And every time you watch and listen, it'll change your life every day.
6: Tune in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show every Tuesday at 8pm with radio host Michael Nimmons. Available everywhere you listen to your podcast. And now available for download on the Detroit Praise Network app.
1: It's time. time, time, time. So Out radio show, the thought,
0: thought, thought, thought of the week.
1: This week's thought is entitled "Father Knows Best." It's amazing how little we know and how much we claim to know about our own lives. One writer put it this way: We make plans and God laughs. Why is it we claim to have so much control over our lives when we really don't know what's going to happen from day to day? The poem Invictus truly puts this approach to life in proper perspective. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. As poignant as this poem is, none of it is actually true. All of us would like to think that we're in control of our lives. All of us would like to think that we are thoroughly in charge of our well-being. But that is this misnomer that this week's thought is designed to address. Whether we believe it or not, our lives have been orchestrated and directed by the master architect, God himself. His direction within our lives are not predicated on our belief in him or not. But by virtue of our existence, God is the master of our fate and he indeed is the captain of our souls. Just like our earthly fathers That God is divinely placed in our lives To lead and guide us He too knows what is best for his children Our earthly fathers are here to cover us And to protect and provide for us As an earthly example of how our heavenly father Indeed provides for his children If you're blessed to have a father in your life That has helped to nurture and cultivate your potential And to lead and guide you down the right path You should feel thankful and thank God for putting such an example in front of you. And even if your earthly father may have been conveniently absent in your upbringing, you have a heavenly father that watches over you every step of the way. And you never never have to worry about whether God is with you or not, because he's already made a sacred vow to never leave us nor to forsake us, that he would be with us even until the end of the world. But our involvement in God's plan for our lives Is in our best interest And in our best interest alone It behooves us to follow the plan That he has laid out for us And not the plan that we've laid out for ourselves inasmuch that he and he alone is capable of bringing his plan for our lives to pass. One of my favorite scriptures in Jeremiah 1 and 5 articulates just how important our lives are to God. He told the prophet Jeremiah, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth from thy mother's womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Here we see how God was intimately involved in the landscape of our existence. So why do we continue to believe that we are in control of our lives? God is powerful enough to proclaim that he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, and yet humble enough to allow you to think, in spite of all that he is, that you are still in charge that in and of itself is the very definition of real power but why do we continue trying to exert authority over our lives instead of deferring to the one who created all of our lives in the first place I believe we like to think that we know what is best for us We think we know the path to success We think we know the way We think we have a plan But at the end of the day, the Bible puts it very plainly That my thoughts are not your thoughts And my ways are not your ways For as high as the heaven is from the earth So are my ways from your ways And my thoughts from your thoughts essentially his ways are superior to our ways and his thoughts are superior to our thoughts so it makes perfect sense to follow the sage advice from the wisest king to ever live when it comes to submitting to the will of the creator king solomon writes in proverbs 3 and 5 to trust in the lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path Our Heavenly Father indeed knows what's best for us, and all He asks of us is to simply trust Him. Enjoyed the thought of the week entitled Father Knows Best and our Heavenly Father does indeed know what's best for us. And again, all he simply asks of us is to trust him. Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Again, we just wanted to take some time and talk about a few hot topics there. Again, talking about the sexual abuse scandal uh, taking place at the University of Michigan. is gaining traction, and um, I really believe that something needs to be done. Of course, it's still being litigated in the courts, uh, but people are, you know, former players are coming out. It seems like uh, on a weekly basis almost talking about their experiences with uh, this Dr. Robert Anderson and you know at some point the university is going to have to make an official statement and hopefully uh, they're on the right side of history in doing so. Uh, I don't believe that um, you know again this uh, being so many cases that that nobody know knew anything uh, in administration and, and even on the football uh, pro in the football program, uh, particularly the head coach Bo Beckler did not know anything. It's hard for me to believe that this took place and he had no idea that this was going on but we're going to keep our eyes uh, and ears peeled to uh the the updates regarding uh what's happening in ann arbor and we'll keep you posted as well And, of course, we are very excited about June 10th becoming an official federal holiday. Again, we talked about that uh, in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And, of course, what are some of the implications uh, of it? Uh, Are we now to expect reparations to be coming down very soon? So who knows? I don't know. We would like to think that, you know, we are entitled to reparations. I'm sure those that are listening are probably in agreement with that as well. We talked a couple weeks ago uh, about that with the pastor and a lawyer who believe that we're closer than we've ever been. I want to know what your thoughts are about it as well. So, guys, remember, you can always send us an email at contactatmichaelnemons.com or send us a uh, post or comment uh, at following us at, on Twitter and Instagram at TOL Radio Host MSN. We would love hear from you and of course we ended talking about life after COVID-19 of course this uh, is um, we we, some are saying that uh, the pandemic is behind us others are saying that we're still in the middle of it what do you think what are your thoughts guys remember you can again email us your thoughts and comments or post them on social media and who knows you may even hear them on the podcast guys we thank you again for tuning in to this week's edition of the thinking out loud radio and tv show we truly appreciate your support remember to rate review and subscribe to the thinking out loud radio show your support helps us to increase our exposure across And because this week's episode of the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show has uh, been loaded, uh, you know, this late in the day on Tuesday, uh, we're going to... um give you guys a break and we won't be on the after show this Tuesday Uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to listen to the show and then we'll probably come on maybe later on in the week or maybe next week Uh, just keep your eyes and ears posted uh, and we will uh, let you know when we'll be doing another after show to talk about the podcast but again because we've uploaded the show this late in the day on Tuesday we want to give you an opportunity to listen to the show and that way we'll be able to have i think a substantive conversation with those that have tuned in or tuning in to our live on instagram whenever we decide to do it if it's this week or next tuesday so guys keep again your eyes and ears posted to uh, social media and we'll let you know when we'll be doing another after show live on instagram Well, guys, we're getting ready to get out of here. But before we do, always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. To get more info about the show and the ministry, visit michaelnemmons.com. Want to book radio host Michael Nemmons for your next special event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemmons.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you.